Hello, this is Robert Lee. And Sam. And welcome once again to Third Row from the Front. Today's movie is Bo is Afraid. It is the third feature-length film from uh, Ari Aster after Hereditary and Midsommar. This is a three-hour film, and it stars Joaquin Phoenix as Bo. Um, and it's basically about, I mean, really the story is about Bo trying to get home to his mom, who, um, he's, you know, who he's, <laughs> partially she's responsible for all this therapy that he's, he's in. So he's in the trailer. You see him like talking to a therapist and the therapist asking him like, how do you feel about this trip to go see your mom? And he just seems like really anxiety riddled and he lives in this city that's unnamed but it's just like literally every single person out on the street is like <laughs> trying to either kill him or accost him or bother him it's in it's it's a very strange like very surreal uh surrounding that he's in um and the whole movie is just these weird it's almost set up in like four acts, I would say, like almost like a play, and each each act is some cra- you know some crazy stuff happens to him, all all on his journey to try to just get back home. Um, but we'll go into more de- the details and what's going on and all the crazy stuff that's happening as we get into it. But Sam, what did you think of Bo is Afraid? So I liked it. I enjoyed it. I don't think it's his best film of the three. It's not my favorite film of the three. Which one is your favorite of the three? Between Midsummer and Hereditary? God, that's so hard. It's so hard because they're both so different. They're both both so good. They're both really good. And I feel like they're almost like companion pieces. Because they both follow these tragedies that happen to these people. And then how they basically... Yeah. Deal with that tragedy. So, I would have to say Midsummer and um, Hereditary are a tie. Yeah, they're really, really good movies. Um, because I, I really loved Midsummer so much because it was so different. It was such a different horror, like psychological horror that I have never experienced before. And it was so bright and like it's just so unexpected. Yeah. And I loved that movie. Yeah, it's so much. Interesting you say that because I'd say Hereditary and Midsommar are like night, night and day, literally. Like yeah. Midsommar is very dark. It all, a lot of things, all, a lot of the horrific things happen at night. And then Midsommar, everything literally happens like in the bright. You know, the sun is like hot. You can tell it's just like warm. It's literally out there. daytime, like every almost time, twenty four seven. Yeah. Yeah. Like they have to shut the bl- the blinds right. and stuff in order to sleep because yeah. the time that they go it's like the sun it's sunlight all day. Yeah. Um and then hereditary is just it has to deal with like a kind of like demonology witchcraft yeah. type of stuff in a subtle way and that's my jam. Like <laughs> I love I love anything to do with that type of like witchcraft demonology type of stuff. Like I just that's my favorite type of horror. And <laughs> this one isn't really a horror in the traditional sense. Even those other two aren't like horror in the traditional sense. But they're definitely, you can see how they're horror movies. This one, 
it's like a horror comedy in a weird way. Yeah. It's it's very it's a very odd movie to like you can't really put it like in a specific genre, I don't think. It's just a surreal movie. Yeah. So I did enjoy it though. I did like yeah. it. I enjoyed it. I don't think it's for everybody. Definitely like I not. would not recommend this to my parents. Definitely like, not. You know? Like even something like Midsommar, like that's a very divisive movie. Like some people loved it. Like we loved that movie. Mm-hmm. But there's some people that are like, oh, that was a stupid movie or I hated it. I hated the ending. Remember Desiree was like, why, why am I watching this? Yeah. So this one, you think that's bad. You know, those are like standard compared to this. This is just very like. I would compare it to like a David Lynch film, but like if David Lynch was trying to make a comedy, it's that kind of really weird, surreal, like people acting strange and you're not sure what's real, what's not like most of the time. So the first like quarter of the movie, um, you explained like you you see where uh, Bo is living and how he's living in the, the area, the city, like the streets around his apartment and stuff. It was very much giving mother vibes. If you've seen the movie uh, Mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because it was pretty much over exaggerating the fears yes. or like the story, the characters. So like if you've seen Mother it's about this house, right? This house and the main character is Jennifer uh, Lawrence. Lawrence. And it's really about like the Bible or like Jesus or yeah. like it's it's, it's, it's got weird, these, but yeah, and it's um, also like Mother Earth. It's like all this, yeah, Mother Earth. All these it's, different but it's layers. very exaggerated. So you yeah. have like it's crazy. It's chaos. Like you have random people just coming coming in. into the house and overtaking the house and doing things yeah. to the house. And she's constantly like, "Why are you doing that? No, leave that alone. You're gonna break that. No, stop." And, you know, they're constantly taking her yeah. things and messing with her stuff. And these people are acting crazy. Like, and it, 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 es- it escalates, you know. Yeah. And this this area where Bo lives in, in his apartment, that's a, immediately what I thought of. I was like, this is mother. This is pretty much mother. Because it's all these people that live, that are around the streets of his apartment just acting very crazy and exaggerated and they take over his apartment they go into his like apartment literally yeah and just like mother they go <laughs> yeah. into his home and they start breaking all of his stuff going through all of his stuff trashing his place you know just disrespecting everything um and so that's that's exactly what i thought of. i was like okay this and is just a mother it's funny that you mentioned mother because mother is not supposed to be taking literally it's it's very much a. Uh, an allegory it's you know it's it's one of those movies like oh well this is actually about you know the like you said the bible or this is actually how uh, we treat mother earth yeah. yeah so it's funny you say that because that's kind of how i was watching this at first i was like are we supposed to be is this not real and this is just we're supposed to be seeing this through his lens like he sees everything as a threat everything is something to be afraid of mm-hmm. but then as the movie continues i'm like no i think this is just how the movie is portraying everything because uh, yeah. for a long time I really thought we were supposed to be seeing this through his eyes, but I don't know. I, I still don't know. So about the that. way I interpreted it was that that's exactly how society is actually yeah. because they were showing people like dying in the streets and then just like, left there. <laughs> and then you see everyone else going about their business, yeah. like laughing about it or moving on or just stepping over the dead bodies, you know, to live their life. 
And I I really took it to mean like, yeah, this is how society is. Like no one is really caring about these people that are just dying or um, being murdered or assaulted. Like you see people getting like their eyes like, gouged like out. gouged out and nobody is helping that person. Nobody's doing anything about it. And it's just it's it, it's a crazy it seems like a crazy world that he's created for Bo, but if you really think about it, that is our world. Yeah, it's just like a slightly slightly exaggerated. So he version. kind of yeah, he condensed it into just this street around yeah. his apartment. Um that we see Bo just living his life, you know, just kind of being um I don't even know the word I can't think of the word right now, but you know, they even show him like and it and it, this comes up later on in the movie too, where like he thinks people are are chasing after him, but someone else calls them like a beggar, like oh this yeah. person's coming to you for help, you know, and you run away from them, you don't help them. So in Bo's mind, they're attacking him, they're coming at him, like they mean harm, so he's running away from them, but maybe. It's just someone asking for help and he's refusing to help them. So he doesn't think he's guilty because in his mind, he didn't see it that way. Right. Um, so that's and that's just the first like quarter of the movie, yeah. like you said. Um, the main theme in this movie is guilt. And yeah, for sure. I mean, there's you know, that's the first that's like the the first word that the, the uh, his psychiatrist Writes in it's his. It's the only word. It's the only word, like, right? That writes he writes down, down on his, his notepad. Guilt. Early on Guilty. in the movie, and the word comes up multiple times throughout the movie, and it's always associated like with his mom, um, and you can see that he he's carrying this guilt with him throughout the movie, like just the way he was raised, I guess. Like he's he was just meant to feel guilty about every anything and everything because. The way he talks to people, he always says, like, okay, thank you, I'm sorry, thank you, I'm sorry, I'm, you know, thank you, I'm sorry. Yeah, he's always apologizing um, for everything. So it's like, why are you apologizing, you know? Being so a it's just, yeah, like, he, he's meant to feel guilty about his own existence. Yeah. Um, and this movie just, you know, really solidified my thoughts of not being a mother because, <laughs> you know, I, I've already understood the complexity of motherhood and having children and the relationship or I guess the effects that children have on your life and especially as a mother um, because I, I really... I, I think people see Bo's mom as the villain in this movie. And in part, she is. Um, because she makes him feel guilty about everything. And I don't want to give too much away about the movie. But, like, she does make him, like, it's a twisted, sick way that she makes him not ever be with a girl or, like, a woman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. it, it's actually really smart. It was actually, it was crazy, like, the reveal of it. I was like, damn, like, she fucked this guy up. <laughs> um, w which I liked about the movie because, like, I, I didn't see it coming. I was like, damn. Um, but... You know, she is a villain in the way that she controlled him with guilt throughout his entire life. 
I will admit that. Like, that's horrible. But then I also do see the other side of it, the motherhood side of it, where, you know, she gives her son her entire life, her entire <laughs> love, her entire devotion. Yeah. You know, he literally came ripping out of her, you know, and she gave him every part of her soul. And he was just living his life as boys do, as men do, you know, like, you know, just growing up as humans do. And she felt she was owed the same type of love and devotion back. And I... And that's just, to me, it's just a strange strange relationship. It's a strange type of balance, you know? Like, at what point does a mother, you know, I don't know, let go? Or, you know, how much can children take from a mother without realizing how much harm you're doing to your mom by not you know, calling her or checking up on her or not visiting her or not respecting her or not, you know, doing whatever to make her happy. Um, oh my God. You know, <laughs> Brucey's kiss attacking. Um, so it's, it's just a weird, just, I don't know, like, Mother-son relationships are just weird to me. Like you think of like Bates Motel. Well, yeah. You think of. I was just gonna say that there's there's also this whole like Oedipal element to the whole thing, which is this weird like they never explicitly say it, but it's very, very much that weird. I don't, I, I hesitate to say it, but it's like almost this slightly sexual tension between the two, like the two characters, where it's like almost like she. She'd rather him not, like you said, have his virginity, lose his virginity in order to like, like you belong to me. That kind of weird, like, yeah, it's like that. Like you said, you mentioned Bates Motel or, or like Psycho. You know, it's like that weird, like Oedipal, Oedipal complex thing going on there. Yeah, and then it it just it makes me think about. You know, we always make fun like, oh, Hispanic moms. Hispanic moms are so like possessive and controlling or, you know, they favor the sons over any daughters. And um, because, you know, that's what we've grown up around. That's what we know. Right. But then you realize like, no, this is among all races. Like, I feel like any any mom that has a son can have this type of crazy weird relationship where it's like it's possessive and it's it's like i don't want my son to be with any other girl i don't want my son to find joy with any other girl even if it's you know a friendship or a girlfriend or a wife or anything like that yeah there's that weird like i don't want him to experience that yeah it's like this weird like weird jealousy aspect to it yes it is it is very weird and you know it makes me think of like uh even blackish if you've seen the show (laughs) blackish i love that show highly recommend that show it's so hilarious um, but, uh, Anthony, Anthony Anderson plays the lead character and his mom is Jennifer, Lewis? Jennifer Lewis, yeah. Jennifer Lewis. Um, and their relationship just cracks me up. Right. Um, cause his wife, her name is Bo, um, Trace 
played by Tracy Ellis Ross. Mm-hmm. And um, his his mom is that kind of yeah, possessive, jealous sure. type, you know, over him. And it's really funny. It's played for laughs in the show. And I, I always love this, um, this line that she tells Bo because... You know Anthony Anderson and 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 Bo they have a, they have two sons actually, um, but you know Bo has a special relationship with her oldest son, and so the grandma ends up telling Bo like oh um, sure he would die for you he loves you so much that he would die for you sure but would he kill for you <laughs> and you know like it's just again that psycho relationship that mothers have with their sons. Um, and again, mothers thinking that the sons owe them something yeah. for the love and devotion that, you know, and basically the life, like mothers are responsible for the life that their son has been given, yeah. you know? And so I think some mothers take that to mean like, okay, well, my children owe me for that. Right. And, and to the point where they should, and this is in Blackish, this is in this movie, to the point where they should come first. Like anything mm-hmm. else that's going on in your life, no matter if it's your wife, if it's your kids, whatever it is, they believe that they come first. The mother should right. come first. If, you, yeah. if, they, if, if they need you, you need to drop everything and, and like catch the first flight, bus, whatever you need to <laughs> do to get there to, you know. And that's basically what this is about. It's like she believes that, you know, he's supposed to come visit her. He needs to do whatever he needs whatever possible to get there to visit yeah. her. So. Yeah, and that's where I'm torn. Like, you know, I don't know what's right or wrong in that type of situation because I don't think it's fair to the children. I don't think it's fair to the sons to to think that they owe the mother, you know, everything. Like, they yeah. that the mother should be put before everything. I don't think that's fair because the son was brought into this world to have his own experience right. and be his own person right. and grow up and learn his own, you know, lessons or whatever. Um, you know, but then on the other side of that, you know, it it is the mother. Like it's, again, the mother does everything for the children, you know, everything and loves so much, gives so much. And so it's like, you know, are they asking for so much when they want you to call them or visit them? You know, like, so to me, I'm torn. So like. I, I do see the villainous side of the mother in this movie for the way she guilt tripped him yeah. and, and, and controlled say, him and did that. Because that's, that's what it's all about, the guilt trip, right? Oh, and, and it happens to everybody, right? Oh, no, it's okay. You know, I don't see you that often, but I mean, yeah. we'll do it some other time, you know. It, even yeah. if it's not like really laying it on thick, it's like, ah, she, yeah. just said she doesn't see me often. I, know, I don't go so that often, funny. you know. Um, but yeah, like I, she is a villain in that sense. I get that, but... You know, I also feel for the villain, too. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I understand where this villain is coming from. Um, so, yeah, there are some parts of the movie where I was just like, what is this supposed to mean to me? <laughs> yeah, like, there's a lot. I don't understand why I'm being told this weird story or this what if story. Like, you know, there's a whole scene where there's like, a play and then it goes into like he's a character in this weird story um but then it comes all back to the present time and then 
you know, that story didn't, to me, I don't get it. I don't know why we were told that play. I feel story. like that was supposed to be like maybe an alternate, like that could have been a path that was taken that wasn't taken. But at the same time, like you said, there's a lot of things in the play that actually do relate to Bo's life. And so it's, like I said, it's it's almost like parallel to to his life, but it's yeah. like, it's supposed to be almost like an alternate version of what could have been, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall the movie was, was unexpected. It was crazy. And that's why I, I enjoyed it. I like these type of stories where it's just, it just kind of like, it's never boring. Yeah. It's, it it you're is never boring. always like, what the hell is going on? There are these weird moments with like that, like the second segment where he's with Nathan Lane and Amy Ryan in their house. Um, it just it just gets it's so surreal the whole movie. It's just yeah, it's like a fever dream, you know. And like I said, there's points where you're not like, is this real? Is this what's really happening? And then there's a there's a whole sequence involving like this laced marijuana, like a joint, but it's got like other stuff in it. And then so this trip goes on for a while, and you're and things are going on, and you know it's like a mixture of reality with like hallucinations and then flashbacks. But it's all done very like smoothly. I mean, the filmmaking is is amazing. Yeah. I mean, even the visuals during that play scene were just really beautiful. It was like, wow, this is really cool because it's like a mixture of like state like sets that you would see on a stage, but then like also mixed with like animation, and it was just really fascinating. You know. Yeah. So, did you like the movie? I. I'm not sure. Like, I'm still like, I think I enjoyed the first three quarters of the movie the last quarter of the movie the last like part of the story kind of lost me a little bit because mm-hmm. i was like that's when it really got surreal there's a scene where i i won't <laughs> reveal what you see but there's like this monster in the attic let's say and <laughs> i was just like what what is this that we're seeing is this supposed to be real again or is this supposed to be some kind of like uh represent you know like uh what do you call it? Like a uh, Jungian, you know, like some psychological thing that we're supposed to go, Oh, well this represents this or whatever, you know, cause that was crazy. Um, but it was definitely never boring. Like I said, it was an interesting, it was funny in parts that were like, like, especially the first half of the movie, there was lots of laughs cause it's just so ridiculous, ridiculous and, and awkward. Play. Yeah, and I mean, I gotta give it to Joaquin Phoenix. Like, this is a a weird role, and he played yeah. it really well. Shout out to my favorite vegan, Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix. He nailed I this mean, movie. He nails pretty much everything. He's yeah, in, he but, does. Yeah. But he did it again. Like, he was amazing. I think he's an amazing actor. Like, like you can feel. He his, gave so much emotion. You can feel his anxiety. Like you, yeah. you f- it's like coming off the screen. Like you start feeling anxious because there's lots of scenes where. He's trying to explain himself to people and they're not really listening or he's not really getting his point across clearly. And you feel that frustration of like, no, it's just I got to, you know, I got to get home. And then because, you know, and like and everyone's like, oh, it's fine. You know, you, you, they're kind of cutting him off and trying to pacify him. And you're like, no, just let him talk. Like he's trying to get his his words out, but he just can't quite communicate it properly. So um, he did really well. The. Yeah, the whole cast was really good. I mean, yeah. that's really 
but <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not for everyone. It's a crazy movie. Um, it's three hours long. So, I mean, and I wouldn't even be able to compare it really to Ari Aster's first two movies. The only thing I would say is I remember I, I told you and Sarah um, that I could tell when the film was about to wrap up because I feel like he ends his movies similarly in that it's never like a happy ending. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say that. He never ends his movies in a happy ending. Um, there's never like, oh, the good guy won. I mean, even though Midsommar, you could kind of say it's a happy ending, but at the same time, like, she's just basically joined a cult. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, like, yes, it's it's positive for her, but at the same time, at the expense of like all these human lives yeah and uh yeah i don't know it's just i i i sense the end of the movie coming because of the way he ends his movies but um i guess that's the one similarity between the three um but yeah it's definitely an experience i'll say that uh it's not a boring movie if you're looking for something different i recommend it i don't highly recommend it and then like you said definitely there's people that like if you've seen Hereditary, Hereditary and Midsommar and thought those were weird, you're gonna. This is totally. You'll see the first five minutes yeah. and you'll be like, okay, I, I'm not. This isn't for me. Yeah, it's very, very out there, very surreal. But uh, yeah, I don't know if I'll ever watch it again. Maybe I will. I think I think it's one of those movies that I would watch again just to see if I get anything else out of it. You know, like on another level, no, mm-hmm. knowing now what I know, you know, about the movie. Yeah. And what the what the overlying theme is. But it's definitely not one of those movies where I'm like, oh, it's I, I'm, I'm, like Hereditary and Midsommar. I feel like if they were on right now, I'd watch them again because I love those movies. They're really good. This one, I feel like I'd watch it more out of uh, like a almost like doing research, like studying the movie more than anything. <laughs> so anyway. Was there anything else you wanted to add about this movie? No. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. One weird thing. Um, <laughs> we thought the movie was sold out because Sarah said that when she looked for the movie tickets, it said it was sold out. And when I tried to buy tickets for the movie, I usually buy tickets for center seats, right? I mean, center of the theater, the best sound, best view. Well, I couldn't because those seats were sold. So I had to buy seats in the corners. When we get there, and it's it's like seven thirty, the movie's starting. Though, like literally, what like eight seats in between us and the people to our left. Uh-huh. The whole middle section was was empty. From our row, the row in front of us is weird. I don't know if there was some kind of ticketing error with yeah, the app, but it was completely. Everyone was sitting on the edges, and I was like, "This is weird." I know we didn't buy these on purpose like this like i feel like the middle seats were either purchased by some unknown person as a gag or there was some kind of issue with the ticketing system (laughs) either way it was really funny and weird because i was like why are we all sitting on the edges i was like is this some kind of prank anyway it was weird just like the movie was weird so i think it was meant to be but anyway i guess that wraps it up for bo is afraid um be sure to follow us on instagram at third row from the front and uh you know subscribe to our podcast on spotify on apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts 
That way you're sure to get the newest episode. And we'll talk to you next time on Third Row from the Front. Bye. Bye.